On this week's episode, we start the conversation about analytics. We talk to Briefcam and we go over the long-term value proposition of analytics in the roundtable. Welcome to the SE Crowd, a solutions engineering podcast discussing technical topics with guests from our technology community. And now, today's trending topics. The discussion in the coming weeks will revolve around going back to work and resocializing with others. This is going to start conversations about how to utilize technology to monitor various facets of your buildings and premises. These conversations have already started with topics like thermal screening, face mask detection, and people counting. This week's episode revolves around analytics. So for our trending topics, we wanted to take it back to some basic terminology and build from there. That way you'll have a better understanding as to the questions that need to be asked when it comes to having talks about analytics. First, let's understand pixel density and faces. Pixel density refers to the number of pixels in a given amount of space. It is generally measured in pixels per foot, and the higher the number, the more available detail in your image. Pixel density is important when it comes to faces as you need more pixels on target for more detail. The terms that are most frequently used in facial analytics are detection, recognition, and identification. And most camera manufacturers use these terms to mean about the same thing. Detection means that what I see is a face. Recognition means that I probably know who that face is. And identification means I can pick that person out of a lineup. The topic becomes important in today's conversations because with every new analytic and technology that comes into the marketplace for our safety, it relies on some level of detail to work effectively. And generally, the more detail, the more effective it will be. That brings us to the term false positives. A false positive happens when an analytic triggers correctly on an incorrect event. There are many ways to mitigate false positives, but the first is making sure that the camera is set up correctly to give you either the angle of view or level of detail that is needed to perform the analytic accurately. Using additional technology is another great way to balance errors. Machine learning and AI are terms that refer to the computers that analyze a camera's data to reduce false positives. To wrap up, understand that current analytics like thermal detection, people counting, or even something like loitering can all have varying degrees of efficiency based on the cameras that are used and the design of the system. New analytics systems, when used properly, can be highly effective at increasing your security IQ and augment your existing system. Also, know that you most likely already have access to a bevy of analytics. Start having the conversations on what analytics exist in your camera system today and how you can use them in your current setup. Understand that with analytics, there is no absolute right or wrong due to the number of false positives. But start asking better questions. Properly adding technology, analytics, and intelligence can only enhance your system and make you more efficient at staying safe, secure, and healthy. You're now listening to the Technology Partner Corner. Good afternoon, everyone. Today, we're joined by Briefcam in the Partner Corner and Seva Leokomovich. He is the Director of Sales Engineering, and he's based out of Boston for the Northeast. Seva, thanks for joining us and chatting today. Yeah, my pleasure. So Briefcam and Milestone already have a pretty great relationship, and our sales team is very well-versed. Um, they all have uh, current access to the Briefcam demo site, and they frequently talk about video synopsis in all of our meetings. Since we've already got a good base of knowledge, I, I kind of want to start with a better understanding of the technology of, of Briefcam. Sure. So can you real quickly just give me um, a brief overview of the differences between uh, Briefcam, the, the modules Briefcam Review, 
respond and research? Yeah, sure thing. So they're all kind of, they're all part of the BriefCam video analytics platform. Um, but really review is being able to forensically review past video, um, whether that's from cameras connected to your milestone system or importing AVIs or 20 different file formats from a video, from a exported video. Um, but really review is just past video that you want to combine and, and search in a case. For respond, that's the real-time alerting. So if you want to set up an alert for facial recognition, if you want to set up an alert for if there's a child with a blue shirt, red shorts, a backpack, and a hat, dwelling for 20 seconds, for example, that would be the, the real-time respond alerting portion. And research is displaying all that same metadata, but it's in a dashboard format. So you can do A and B testing, you can do occupancy count, you can basically pull out any sort of information and data you want out of your cameras and displayed in an easy-to-digest graphical dashboard format. What are some of the, when we're, we're looking at the deploying the software, what are some of the prerequisites that we, we need to have? So the biggest one uh, is really having a GPU. So we changed over from version 4.x to version 5.x last ISC West, and that's kind of when we changed our whole architecture to include a, a GPU. So to actually process video, to, to do anything really that Griefcam provides, we need a, a GPU that's an NVIDIA with at least eight gigs of memory in, installed on the machine that's actually doing the processing. So we have a bunch of, we have customers that separate out kind of the brains, which is the VS server from everything. So that could be virtual, that could be bare metal, et cetera, but that doesn't need the GPU, really just the servers that are doing the actual processing need needs a, a GPU or multiple GPUs or multiple servers, depending on how much video you want to process. Now, you mentioned NVIDIA. Is that the Quadro series cards or is it the GTX series cards? Can they buy a commercial off-the-shelf card? Yeah, yeah. It's really um, any card that's at least eight gigs. Uh, we have a supported list of cards, but it's really anything that's that's fairly new. So it could be the GTX, it could be the RTX, the P-series, the T-series. It's really not too, too limiting as long as it meets the requirement for the memory. Do you work with AMD yet or not? No, not yet. So we have a pretty good partnership with NVIDIA and um, they're really efficient. They're, they work really well, um, and they they help us out with any issues that we find. And they're they're pretty quick and a, a good partner. When it comes to um, working with the software, are there any kind of technical restraints? Yeah, so um, it doesn't need any any sort of connectivity from the outside world because we have a lot of customers that have really secure networks, secure locations, and really don't need any any connection or phone home to the internet. The only aspect you need to is activate the license, but that can also be done offline. So it's really a convenience aspect, if anything, to have outside access for, for the technicians, for, for our install team to remote in and get everything working. But uh, we, like I said, we work with a lot of different agencies with uh, only three letters in their, in their name. And obviously they don't have, uh, they don't give you TBR access. So um, being on site and then doing it in a, in a closed network is, totally fine and, and a very normal install. Well, what would you think is the one mistake that everyone makes when setting up the product? Um, I think it's either not realizing you need a GPU or once they actually do have the hardware, uh, I've seen where they're not logged in as an actual user with proper permissions. So the software can't actually create users. It can't do what it needs to from an administrator level. So it's really just logging in with the right user and making sure you don't have any domain blocking issues or firewalls or kind of any any of that kind of fun stuff that usually hampers the the install on your website there's there's a lot of terms like deep learning neural networks and com computer vision can you talk about how ai and machine learning has shaped 
uh, brief cam as it is today and, and possibly for the future? Yeah, sure. So um, it's a great question. And basically how how it started before was using kind of like OpenCV, where it's a really open source um, algorithms and technology that anyone can really download and train and use to produce similar results. Um, but with AI and machine learning and deep learning, kind of all these buzzwordy terms, um, you really need a lot of information, a lot of data, and a lot of good tag data in order to train kind of this black box of an algorithm to to have it produce the results that you want. So with, with our, our technology, our data is that we feed, let's say, for example, we have a class filter for a bicycle. So we feed it you know, thousands of videos of what a bicycle looks like in different lighting, different resolution, basically all types of different scenarios that, that you'd see in the wild. So then once we train it kind of this quote unquote tag data, then the algorithm and, and the machine itself has an idea of what that looks like. And then it applies those same filters and algorithms to new objects that it sees. So it's really just feeding it a lot of tagged information and tagged data so that every release that we come out, uh, it becomes more and more accurate. So along those lines of, of gathering that metadata, um, facial recognition is, is a fairly new technology, you know, within the last decade or so. Can you talk about how BriefCam's solution is deployed and operates? Sure. Um, so from compared to other facial recognition solutions, um, for BriefCam, it's really just one of the features, one of the filters in our platform. So it's you don't have just face recognition and that's it. You really, really have face recognition along with all the other filters with class, size, speed, color, kind of, et cetera. Um, but for our system, we really try and focus on face recognition in the wild um, because if you have a really clean camera with you're walking down a well-lit hallway, it's kind of, it's a lot more straightforward um, than if you just have a surveillance camera that's installed maybe 10, 20 feet in the air and people don't really, they're not really forced to look at it. So we, we've, tried to focus our algorithm and our technology for, for FR specifically on kind of not, not perfect and not ideal scenarios. And that's kind of why we, we have a pretty low top, we can accept pretty low quality images. So really our, our specs say 24 by 24 pixels for the face, um, which is definitely lower than your average average requirements for, for a different company. But, but in general, kind of our filters and our, our technologies works really well for quote unquote in the wild video. That's really what you see out there. You don't see perfect cameras. You don't see nice 4K, 4K shots because um, otherwise you, you wouldn't have a lot of uh, cameras to, to deal with. So your, your website also lists multiple methods for deploying the BriefCam solution. From a milestone standpoint, we understand standalone and distributed architecture and federated architecture. Can you talk a little bit about your cloud architecture deployment? Sure. So I actually just had a call about this a couple of days ago with a customer. Um, but for, for us, it's really, we don't really care where the server is installed, um, either if it's bare metal physically on your network, if it's bare metal in a data center that's on your network, or if it's in the cloud connected to your other machine. So in the cloud, um, like I mentioned before, we need a GPU. So um, AWS works well for that. Azure, there, there's a bunch of different providers, but as long as you have an a GPU in your in your VM in your virtual environment, then we can get it installed. And then really, it's you just meet the specs, and then you connect it to your VMS, so you can actually pull the camera feeds. But it's really pretty straightforward. Um, and the cloud is another buzzword, but it's really just a server sitting somewhere that you're connecting either locally or through the internet. Okay. Uh, to pivot a little bit and talk about some more some sales information. Can you give me an example, uh, especially for our, our CBMs to know this, but what is the perfect end user for BriefCam? 
Honestly, it's pretty much anyone can be a perfect end user as long as they they kind of buy into the idea, which which is pretty easy. Because honestly, once once you have that first meeting um, and you kind of show them and explain what we can can do and what we're planning planning on doing, then their eyes kind of light up, their jaw falls on the floor, and they really they just buy into it right away. So once that happens, it's it's a pretty straightforward process, and everyone really becomes kind of a brief cam cheerleader just because they they realize what they've been missing and they they realize kind of how they have to do things before brief cam and then now how they can do things after brief cam. So as long as the, the customer is excited about it, which is pretty much 99.9% of the time, it's uh, it's a pretty easy, easy sell, easy customer and a good relationship. You had mentioned what's coming. Uh, is there any way you can give me a little insight as to what the, the roadmap may include for brief cam? Sure. Um, so we've kind of changed a little bit our, our release mentality and kind of our uh, how we program and new uh, the new features for the future so we're kind of going to be focusing on um, really just strengthening the the platform and the technology to make it a lot more reliable a lot more accurate and perform a lot better uh, with the same exact specs so you'll be able to do more with the same hardware uh, but in actual terms of releases and features, uh, we're going to be deploying cloud-based solution that we're going to be hosting, so kind of a SaaS application. And then we're also going to be releasing a mobile application, so you'll be able to do respond on your phone. You'll be able to do review on your phone as well using basically the chat application. So we're just using natural language. You can request, I want all the men with hats and blue shirts from all my cameras in the last hour. And basically, you type that into the phone, and then it'll to the brief cam server that's installed on-prem and then it'll basically text you back the results so to kind of start wrapping up if you could give me and, and the team a one minute elevator pitch you know, time is is often uh, <laughs> very sparse in meetings <laughs> as as we know recently um what would that one minute what one minute elevator pitch sound like sure. um so basically brief cam is in general a video analytics platform so it's not just a one one-off solution for FR. It's not just one-off for doing dashboards. It's really just buying into this whole platform of analyzing all of your video. So whether whichever cameras you have, we can analyze it for in the past. We can do it in real time. We can also pull out, like I mentioned, doing A-B testing and dashboarding and kind of getting that data. But it's really just using your existing camera system and pulling out value and creating value out of it. Because otherwise, People, you record cameras, you have terabytes of storage, you have computer racks set up, and you use maybe 3% of your cameras. So BriefCam is really pulling out all the information and valuable data out of your existing system that you otherwise wouldn't really use. Great. Is there anything else you'd like our team to know? Um, not really. So you can go on, on briefcam.com. Um, we have a lot of different resources. We have FAQs uh, kind of for the more technical questions. Um, but in general, we have the contact us tab that you can you can go on there. If you have any questions, you can fill out a form and someone will, will get right back to you. Great. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. And now let's join the engineering roundtable. On today's Engineering Roundtable, we have Mike Terrace, Rob Bridges, and Stephen Moore. I'm Harry Irvin, and what we're going to be talking about is uh, dovetailing off the brief cam conversation and really kind of getting into the idea of the value prop behind analytics and whether or not you get any long-term value out of them. So uh, in, in the, the, the interim, we were talking about how once brief cam gets installed, what is there beyond that three-month point? Mike, you were making a point uh, to talk about that. Yeah, so briefcam 
in my experience, is really amazing for the synopsis and for being able to watch all your video and being able to see everything that happens in your facility, whether it's a school or a hospital or an airport or whatever, being able to see all that stuff. You learn so much in that initial, you know, first several months um, that it really allows you to optimize and, and, you know, make changes to operations and, you know, find things that you didn't even know were happening. Um, but after that, um, where where do they get value, right? Where do they provide value to their customers? Um, and I think Seva, you know, in, in talking about the respond part of their analytics, um, their analytics platform, excuse me, really, that's that's where the ongoing value is, right? In in facial recognition and the other alarms they're able to send. So one of the things that I would I would counter with that is going and saying that any video system in general, even without analytics, what you're looking at is it's an insurance policy and that the immediate need may not always be there, but the long term is that when something goes sideways, are you going to have an insurance claim? Are you going to be able to find the missing child? Are you going to be able to do the searches you need to and to really to kind of get the information out of it that you're that you're looking for? Uh, Rob, you were bringing up a point about it also. Yeah, and listening to what Mike says, I, I agree with him on the synopsis part of it. And I think I see where he's where his where he's thinking is to where if you're using synopsis to go back and and see problem or trouble areas in a facility or something like that, you have the potential that once you maybe have corrected uh, corrected those areas that you're concerned about as with the synopsis module, then maybe, yeah, in the long term, once you've done that, you're you're not getting that 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 return necessarily. Uh, I do agree also with when he's talking about the respond module where BriefCam is moving more into real-time analytics and the ability to, you know, to, to provide an event into milestone that says, you know, hey, this is happening now. We can action on it. We can alarm. We can, you know, record that video, whatever we're doing in the real time. I think that's where the value uh, is coming in. In my, my opinion, in the future, that's, I think that's where the more value would be. Now, what about the the research side of things where you're, you're starting to get graphical interfaces. Everyone wants more reports. Yeah, that's true. I, I agree with that too. Yeah, Cause it, it, everybody's got a dashboard. Well, not everybody, but you know, everybody wants these cool dashboards now and, and, you know, power BI type things where, yeah, we can do research and we can analyze different facilities. I don't know that much about their research portion of it, but you know, everything's about metadata right now. So again, that's another, another, uh, yeah, a long-term use of that. Stephen, you were you were actually referencing the idea that different verticals may see each different module as valuable or or, or non valuable. Yeah, so um, public sector um, may see the um, see the review functionality to be more efficient uh, for dealing with slip and falls and, and litigation purposes, um, whereas a um, an airport or some other high security um, facility may review the respond module as a little more um, beneficial. But the research one, I think, is kind of interesting because the first thing that comes to mind for me is, is retail and the ability to to use uh, the research functionality to come up with hot zones and, and see where your traffic is and do A-B testing. Um, but I think it also leads into the ability to monetize a traditional security system into some kind of revenue generating asset. In other words, adding some kind of value to other parts of the organization other than just the security portion of the organization. 
But in reference to that, though, is there's already a lot of, of retail analytics out there. Do you think BriefCam can compete on that level? It's a good question. There's a lot of closed systems that I think are, are in the retail world that don't necessarily bleed into the security world. Um, and I think this has the ability to bleed in, into both, uh, which could be potentially a, a larger value add. Yeah, I think they, by, by adding all of these different modules to their solution, right? They're trying to present something for, you know, something, obviously they've got just, they got the synopsis, right? For review, which is great for public sector. They've got the respond, which, you know, gives you the real time alerts, which, you know, are ongoing value. They've got the re the research tab. Is it, 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 it's, it's a message and it's a, it's an approach a platform, if you will, that allows you to pick and choose, but the mess, the, 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 the attraction kind of gets lost. Some, for some customers that you really got to choose which one fits with the right opportunity and, and, you know, narrow in on, you know, this customer needs it for facial recognition because it's a school and they want to stop, you know, known individuals from entering, right. And they want to initiate a lockdown. So let's just promote the facial recognition um, versus other customers where, you know, they may be more interested in something else. So I, I can, to me, it gets a little bit muddier trying to communicate the value of BriefCam when they add all these other things in. Uh, you know, but that could be just because I, I really thought it was cool when it was just the synopsis. It's interesting you said facial recognition. Um, listening to their take on it is that they understand that nobody has the perfect camera. Um, he Seva called it uh, faces in the wild, I think he said. Uh, it's, it's interesting that they can do it with as little as 30 by 30 pixels to, to actually just capture a face. And really what they're doing there is they're not capturing detail, but their analytic is saying that a face is here. So how much of an application do you think that has, or where can, where can you see that application falling? Well, there's, I mean, I know some camera manufacturers have facial detection. And I would say that's like, if you're doing 30 by 30 pixels, you're just, you're basically just detecting a face shaped object in the image. You're not necessarily doing any recognition, facial recognition, facial identification, and facial detection are, are three very different things, right? Um, and I, what they're doing with 30 by 30 is just detecting a face object. So maybe face counting would be one application for something like that. And, and I was thinking, you know, just when, when Harry asked that question, just the pause that we had, um, you know, for applications for facial detection, and, and Mike's absolutely correct with, you know, all the different there's some confusion because of the buzzwords in the market um those applications for those different for those different detection identity type scenarios uh, and trying to match that up with again what the customer needs and, and it was interesting that it was mentioned previously was you know now there's a big push in in the education markets for and it was an article i was read the other day or think was about actual facial identification on a school campus to to see you know who if there's some unauthorized personnel uh, on the facility, um, that's not going to, you're not going to do that with a 24 by 24 or a 30 by 30 pixel, right? Or a shot and, or a dirty camera or anything like that outside the facility. Um, so I completely agree with, with Mike on that as far as the different applications and where does this fall? I'm not sure. Do you guys ever run into any of the, the more VIP experiences? where they want to be able to detect a face, 
recognize a face against a database and then do all the access control events, open doors, open parking garages and things like that? I have not. Um, and, and I would have thought really in my region because of the large numbers of, of casino facilities in, in this part of the country that maybe something like that would come up, you know, when you think about high rollers or or something. And, and that has not, to my knowledge, uh, it's been talked about or discussed, but in, in reality, in practical application, I don't think it, I'm not aware that that's actually been implemented. Yeah, it's been discussed. I've heard a lot of it about um, large venues mm -hmm. like uh, football stadiums and things like that. So when the, the CEOs and the president of football operations and things like that come into the building, they want the building to just be automated mm -hmm. for them. Yeah, I think it gets a little risky just to backtrack slightly. You know, when someone said there's not a perfect camera for facial recognition, um, yet they're trying to promote facial recognition, that gets a little risky to me because if I'm trying to sell facial recognition into, let's use the example we were using, a school, right? And saying, you can, we can do this on the cameras you already have. Well, it may not fit their use case because they want to identify a known, you know, parent, let's say, that's coming, that shouldn't be on campus. You can't do that with every camera and they're, tr they're trying to sell it into a solution, into a situation where they've already got existing cameras saying you don't need new cameras. I would, if... I mean, if that was my opportunity, I'd, I'd back them off that, but that's just me. No, I, I agree with that completely, Mike, because it's like, you can't just say, Hey, we can apply this to your entire system. Uh, if you're trying to identify people at particular entrances or around the facility, man, you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to maintain those cameras and you're going to need the resolution and, and everything. So yeah, you're potentially talking, you know what, you're, you're going to have to replace some of these cameras if you're actually doing facial identification. Um, no, I, yeah, I agree with that. That's something you'd go into a facility. That's got to be part of the discussion. And I, kind of backtracking, like you were saying again, we look back with when we mentioned facial recognition or when Seva was was saying that, it was almost like he didn't really stress it as a major feature. He just said, oh, yeah, that's part of, you know, the overall package where you can use, oh, oh it's, you know, facial recognition and, and along with, you know, the color, the, uh, the other analytical or analytic features that they can that they can apply in this system, you know, for an alert or uh, I believe in the synopsis portion of it. So it didn't even seem to me like he, he even really stressed, oh yeah, you know, facial recognition is our bread and butter. It's not like that at all. It's that's one part of the puzzle uh, of our product. Rob, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Actually, you just took the words out of my mouth. So. I think the interesting part of it was that he didn't actually refer to it as identification. Mm. He said that it's just another search field like color direction people you know it was base yeah i guess that's what i was trying to think of sorry right you know it's just part of the package it's not because you know we do have some some partners that you know when we think of facial recognition slash identification that's basically all they do yeah so putting the engineer hat on or sales engineer hat on when when somebody brings up a technology that we use and we don't get super excited about it and we say, oh yeah, that's just another feature that we have. What does that tell you about that feature in his opinion? I think it um, doesn't tell you much, at least not in the way that I think you're thinking it does. Um, I think they see their product as a, as a toolkit that should be used together. Um, and these three modules, while you know, we see them as the review, respond, and research module, they see them as, as all complementing each other. Um, including all the different search parameters. So that's, you know, color, direction, object size, face. I think they see all these things coming together as as their bread and butter. 
the fact that they can do all of this stuff and it can be used and customized to whatever scenario you might come across just because you don't know exactly what your threats um you don't know exactly your threats you're gonna have to face on a on a regular basis so being able to respond uh or review i guess i should say if i want to use their buzzwords um to a threat or or a business case or whatever they need to to utilize the functionality of their product for they think it adapts and i think that's what they think their bread and butter is good point i like that that's the end to another show join us again next time where we start talking about moving to cloud solutions and we go over facial analytics in the roundtable <laughs>